0: You are listening to the In Perspective weekly podcast with Bob Branko and Peter O'Toole.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to In Perspective. I am Bob Branko for episode 274. I am very pleased to have again my good friend and colleague and Ozarkian, Peter Alchul. He'll explain what that means if he wants to. <laughs> How are you, Peter?
2: Good afternoon. This is Peter from Columbia, Missouri, which is Missouri is part of the Ozarks, or part of Missouri is part of the Ozarks and whatever. But anyway, we're doing fine here. We're waiting to play Kansas State and college football. That's all we care about in Columbia, Columbia, Missouri right now. We'll probably lose, but you never know. Anyway, we're doing great.
1: Good. Before we continue with our guests, let me thank those who make it possible for In Perspective to be heard and made available to the public. We start out with Raymond Gay, our producer. Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place because they post our shows weekly on Bulletin Board 15 on that chat line. I want to thank the media sources for airing our show, when they do. And as well, I would like to thank Jacqueline Sylvia of JS Web Solutions, who archives in perspective on my website, which is www.brancoevents.com. Thank you, Jackie. Back again, one of our regulars Congressman John LeBoutelier is back with us on In Perspective. Congressman, it's always a pleasure having you on the program.
3: Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be back. I love this show. Um, I'm honored every two or three months when you have me on. And it's a great way for me to end the week, go into the weekend uh, with my brain really swirling from whatever we're going to talk about. And I don't know what we're going to talk about, which is part of the challenge of it.
1: Well, I thought most appropriately, I would like to talk first about the passing of Queen Elizabeth of England, because she's been a, an icon for all of my life. I'm assuming all of everyone's life that's on the program right now. I mean, she served 70 years as the monarch. And now, of course, we have her son, King Charles. I have to get used to saying that, King Charles. But anyhow, I I did hear uh, the statement that he made this afternoon. It was on television. And he's very sincere when he speaks. You can always tell. So I would like to get your thoughts, first of all, about who Queen Elizabeth was and how we're going to miss her. And what do you think the future is for the United Kingdom?
3: Well, uh, I... I I agree with you. She uh, has been the queen for my entire life. I was I, I was born a year after she became queen. So my whole life, whenever hearing about it, it's Queen Elizabeth. From an early day, my mother always told me that Queen Elizabeth was a wonderful lady. And, you know, she became everybody's grandmother. Later in life. And and everybody, hopefully, most people anyway love their grandmother. She's a very lovable person. And one of the reasons she was popular is, and I'm gonna get to Charles too, because you said he was very sincere. You got to remember, these people are not elected politicians like they are here. These people aren't campaigning, they're not promising positions on issues or stuff like that. And so it's a different level they're operating on and in many ways simpler they're not government officials and we don't understand that in this country we don't have those that level we have elected presidents who are the head of government sort of the head of state but not really they're they're they're, they're not the head of the state they're only head of the US government commander in chief of the military and head of their political party uh, but other people are important in the state, in this country that, you know, cultural icons, people like that set examples uh, that people follow. Whereas in England and in, the, in Great Britain, the highest authority is indeed the monarch. And she's been very good at it. Charles has been very opinionated as the Prince of Wales about issues. But he's going to have to stop that as king, apparently. They don't do it. I I just finished reading last weekend, The Palace Papers by Tina Brown. And I highly recommend everybody read that book. It's all about the queen. It's about Charles. It's about uh, Charles and Camilla and Diana. It's about William and Harry and Meghan and Kate. And it's current. It's it came out this year. And it's the current royals. And you really learn a lot about what has gone on inside the palace intrigue, this, the power of their staffs, the money. I mean, as a first, it's, it's something we don't really relate to, I think. It's, and by the way, I'm glad we don't. I think we all admire it. But we got rid of it 250 years ago. <laughs> and I'm glad we did. And it is sort of to me. Uh, I
2: don't. I don't know if the right word is. Ironic, perhaps, or another word that even though we don't have kings and queens and princes and duch- dukes and duchesses and all those things, and as you said, I'm delighted we don't have such things. We we do. Uh, you know, many of us are really sad about this. You know that uh, that you know uh, that the death. It really had an impact on us in a in a way that I don't quite get. You know, why is it that it's so important to us when we spent uh, a bunch of time getting. Under, getting out of, uh, under, uh, England's thumb. I mean, that's, that's part of our history. Right. But yet the queen has a, you know, has had, a, has, has had an impact on us. She's a magnet for not just
3: us, but I suspect
2: other people from all over the world.
3: Yeah. And you know, I've thought about this a lot, you know, that, that we, uh, grew up as a country under, uh, the British empire and it fell apart under a madman as the British king. And We had a war. It was a brutal war. It was a smaller war than we think of war today because there were fewer people in our country, but it was still nasty and horrible and uh, divided Americans against each other. Uh, About 40% of the colonists wanted to stay as part of the British Empire. It's not like every American wanted to get out of this deal. They didn't. And there was retribution against them. And a lot of them went back to England for a while rather than face their fellow Americans after the United States successfully defeated Great Britain. So we had this rupture with them. And yet, and then we had another war with them 60 years later, 50 years later. And then throughout our history, we have this thing called a special relationship. We're back to, they're our best friends, our best allies in two world wars. and other actions. How could that be? And I guess it'd be because so many Americans originally came from England. And I have forefathers that came from England, and a lot of people do. And, you know, it's partly genetic, partly the common language, and that we didn't hate Great Britain when we were colonists. We hated the king and what he did to us. And and he he picked on the wrong people. You know, he pushed around Americans who, one thing that unifies all Americans is they hate to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. That's why you come here. You're leaving a dictatorship or a bad situation, and you don't want to be told what to do. And it's a great trait of Americans. And I'm so happy that we are not part of the British Empire and that we had our forefathers and foremothers fought that war and got us out of there. And it's allowed this country to be the greatest country that has ever existed on this planet, period. Not even close. So let me let me
2: ask yeah. you a question about uh, this whole concept of not being pushed around, not being told what to do. We don't like that. And what, what came to mind immediately was the abortion issue, right? Uh, where I don't know if we've talked since Roe v. Wade was overturned. But one of the things that totally floored me, and I'm curious to know your take on this, is what happened in Kansas. You know, what's wrong with Kansas, or what's mm-hmm. right with Kansas, or whatever. <clears throat> you know, uh, where uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, vote was came up to to incur or to allow uh, ca- the Kansas government to to uh, make abortion harder, maybe impossible, and the Kansas turned it down. We're talking about Kansas, one of the more conservative states in the in the United States. It just might, you know, we're turning a corner, obviously. What do you make of this whole abortion thing and that, and that, and specifically that, that, uh, that Kansas vote?
3: Well, it's, a, it, I'm glad you brought this up in the light of the Queen's death and what I was saying about Americans don't like being told what to do. And, and it's true. And we, I thought you were going to go to COVID and how many people hated <laughs> the <laughs> mandates, oh, <definitely>. the mass <laughs> mandates and all that, because it's yep. the same thing. But, the same thing. Yeah. But but it's a little different in those in, in COVID it was a government entity telling them what to do the feds state government whatever in the abortion one it's gotten to the point where it's white men telling women they can't have an abortion that's really it's white Christian right wing men who've got tremendous power in state legislatures. And of course, through Trump in the Supreme Court, it's a bunch of white men telling women you can't have an abortion. And the women don't like that. And they're registering at an incredible level since the Dobbs case. And Kansas was indeed the first instance where we got to see the empirical proof of that. Women coming out. And you're right. right, Kansas is so conservative. I mean, it is a crazy state on many things. But on that, the women came out and said, well, we're not going to be crazy on abortion. We're going to have it in our state. And you're going to see the same thing in November in every state. Women are registering at a huge rate since Dobbs, and they're not getting measured in the polls of these races because they don't poll new registrants. They poll voters who've already voted in the past, et cetera, So. Uh, and it is, it's typically American. You're not telling me, buddy, what I can do with my body. Uh, I have i
2: have often, I'm sorry, forgive me, go ahead. Go, no, you go. Okay, I have often said, uh, as one who spent some time working on the abortion issue about 25 years ago, that the main difference between pro-life and pro choice people is not the sort of, quote unquote, morality of abortion. That is a difference, but it's not the, what divides uh, people on abortion. The, the thing that divides people on abortion is, the role that government should play, and that's what that's what I think Kansas proved, right? You know, they're Kansas. I'm sure that you know Kansas is not any more pro-life or pro-choice than any other state, but Kansas
3: sure didn't want the government
2: to get involved.
3: That's true. They, they sure, sure don't. don't. But they but sure then you get these clever lawyers in Texas who crafted the Texas abortion law, right? That uh, it keeps the government out of it. So that they can't be sued and prevented by the Supreme Court. And instead, they crafted a thing where one citizen yep. can turn in a fellow citizen for helping a woman get an abortion. But, uh, but, but
2: they're turning that they're pr- turning that fellow citizen to go to a bunch of government-appointed judges and juries. True. You know, that's, true. You know, so it, yes, it, there is a different, there is a similarity, but I think there's a major difference.
3: Yeah, it is, it is. But in the end, this thing is the biggest issue in this year's race, not inflation, not oil prices, not Ukraine, not Trump, although he's a major part of it. The, this abortion thing is going to totally upset the midterm hopes of Republicans, I believe. And there will be a lot of surprise defeats on the night of November 8th because of uh, extraordinary turnout. By women and pro-choice men. Yeah, I think
2: I, I, that may be true. I'm not fully ready to go quite that far. But, I, but I, what I do think is likely to happen is people were expecting up to 40 House seats being turned to the Republicans. And I don't think that's going to happen anymore. You know, maybe it'll be 20. And maybe it'll be fewer.
3: Well, I, yeah, I, I, the House, I don't know. I agree with you. I've cooked I've, uh, political report. Can anybody hear you. me? Thank you. I did want to get back to
1: the Queen because I started to ask a question earlier. And um, and that is that, uh, Congressman, you stated that we wouldn't want to be part of the dictatorship, obviously, but we were still friends with England. And that's probably why she's so well-respected. That's why a lot of our presidents have met her and have met with other members of the uh, of the monarchy over there. It didn't matter to anybody that they were a dictatorship because we're all everybody's well respected in this in this part of it.
3: But Great Britain well, is not a dictator. No, it no. was a dictatorship in 1776. Right? Oh, no, oh. not 1976.
1: No, I, I know, no. but I'm just saying it's it's you don't get elected; you just jump right in. And I'm not sure exactly how they do business specifically, but okay, no problem.
3: Well, the the, the but the government there gets elected. uh, and they have a civilian government that's somewhat like ours, with two parties generally, and that's that's the government part of it. The queen is not the head of government; she's the head of state and yeah it's it's way different than it was in the days of the mad king George who so
1: does the queen you know, or so does the queen or king work with the government
2: at all
3: no. Well, they, they do certain things with the government. Their bu- budget items have to be approved to fund the royal family. Uh, there are certain things that they do, but nothing partisan. It's not on an issue on do we raise taxes or do we leave the European Union, you know, Brexit. They do not weigh in on that. Okay. However, if you read if you read the Powell's papers I was telling you about, it's interesting because Charles, now that he's king, as uh, the Prince of Wales, he was known for writing memos to the uh, cabinet of the prime minister with notes on them about what he wished they would do, especially about global warming and environmental issues. That's his big thing. I want to get... uh, Go, know, ahead. So, Go ahead. So, so, even though he has no power, they do give their opinions at times, or he did.
1: Right. You I know. want to get to another subject that's been talked about a lot lately: the forgiveness of student loans in colleges. There is speculation that if that happens, the taxpayers would have to foot the bill for the forgiveness. Is this true? Yes. Do you think yeah. that's fair?
3: No. Nope. So, yes, I don't think way- it's fair. But I think it's uh, as when they asked Biden, how is it fair? He said, well, was it fair to give tax breaks to billionaires in the 2017 tax cut? And you could argue that's not fair either. Uh, I, I so.
2: think the thing that bothers me the most about that Congress thing is, I mean, I mean, about the college forgiveness is Congress, I mean, colleges, and universities are seem to have are raising prices like crazy. I mean, they're way above inflation. And, uh, you know, to you know, and they uh, with the understanding that government's helping with this and now that they are forgiving these some of these loans, not all of them, but some of them makes it less likely that the universities will get their act together. You know, I mean, I, I, how, how can how can how can they be so much above inflation over the past, you know, 25, 50 years? I, I would have been more comfortable with this if they had said to universities, "How let's figure out how, how you can be more responsible with your money. You know I mean uh, all, all the all the gov- all the government's doing is is reinforcing bad behavior by the colleges and universities and that that's what that's what that's what this strikes me as.
3: yep I agree with you I think whenever someone else is paying the bill, the consumer is less cognizant of the price because he or she doesn't care. I, I don't care how much it costs I'm not paying it yeah. but if I have to borrow money to pay it, well I pay a little bit of attention but if I know that if I borrow, and then it's going to get written off and forgiven, then it's free money and a free education. But oh, it's not really free because Joe Smith and Dubuque is going to have to pay for it. So the whole college thing, and I I think I remember when this disaster began. And it began with LBJ instituting the draft after and, and really ramping up the draft. He ran. He was the president after Kennedy had been assassinated, and he's running for re-election in 64. And he's asked about Vietnam, and he says, I'm not sending our boys to Vietnam. And he gets elected, and within a year, he has ramped up the draft and sent 500,000 American young men to Vietnam. And as part of that, they put in. Uh, these exceptions to the draft, these deferments, and one of them was if you go to college, you you don't get uh, in the you don't have to go into the draft. And you know what happened? All over America, these fly by night colleges cropped up overnight. Schools didn't even exist in every state, they started having colleges—some public, some private—anything to get mostly white boys out of the draft. That thing, that act divided and still divides this country between those who go to college and those who didn't, those who went to war and died and got wounded and got their legs blown off, and those who escaped it. It has divided this country culturally, financially, in every way. And it's not right. And it is not right that going to college should be free for some, and the other people are footing the bill. The whole thing is out of whack it's out of whack in this country and it's going and to it's, continue to divide us.
2: And, and, and it's, it, it's even more hard to accept now when you have all this technology in place. I mean, I, you know, you can learn a lot of stuff without going to college. You you can, you know, there's, there's so many careers and good careers you can get into without going to college, you know, or going to community colleges. I mean, the, the whole you know. college thing is, it's just that, it's different than it was when I went to school, where college really I think did make a difference, and now I'm not so sure that, that it, it's as important. You know, uh, you could go to community college and get an associate's degree and and begin to do electricity stuff or do computer stuff. Absolutely, and, and absolutely. So it, it, it's a it's a different world somehow. You know, um, uh, you know. I mean, I, I, I was interacting with the University of Missouri's engineering department the other day, and one of the things they're trying to do is to uh, create a sort of degrees that aren't as intense as engineering degrees, which essentially are the same degrees you can get at any community college. And my, uh, it wasn't appropriate to ask the question. My question to the uh, this, the faculty might have been, if there were a different place, why should students do what you're proposing when they can do this for half the money or less money by going to a community college? What do you have to offer
3: that they don't? Well, well I, I buy all that. Now, let me say this, though, I, and I believe in community college. I was the vice chairman of the board of the Nassau Community College Board of Trustees here in Nassau County, it's the biggest community college in the country and a great school and does great things. Yep. But if you look at four year colleges in America, never have more people been applying to those schools and never have the overall has the cost been higher. Mm-hmm. there's a desperation to get into these schools. There's a market that's telling these parents and their kids, you got to go to this college, you got to get a, 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 a BA, and then you got to go to graduate school and get a graduate degree. There is a huge market for it. And they're willing to incur debt to get those two degrees. And that's all great. That's the choice they make. It's just who's paying for it. That's the problem. Who is paying for it?
2: Well, the other question is how much of that market is based on reality versus based on myth. I'm thinking about my three stepkids, right? So my my oldest do- uh, stepdaughter, uh, you know, went to college, was a success, was, went to the honors college, uh, and would have might have been a diplomat, except she ran into uh, 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 issues that that had to put up, put a hold on it. My middle son uh, was already to be a welder. And would have done just fine, but got a football scholarship. So he went to college and now uh, last uh, is is an engineer, my stepson, and and is doing well for himself. My youngest stepson uh, said, I don't want to go to college and and earn all this debt. And that's what my stepson, uh, older stepson said as well. And he went to community college, got a certificate, and is doing just fine for himself. So the question I ask uh, rhetorically sort of is how much of that market is based on a myth? You know, that college is is important, then you will earn more money, uh, you know, going to college than not. I know there's research that says you do earn more money. Your average college graduate it's not even, money. I believe
3: it's not even yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even close. I mean, yeah. the higher a degree you have, statistically, the more money you're gonna make. Now, yeah, there are PhDs pumping gas. That does happen, especially in philosophy and things that if there aren't teaching jobs available. Right. Uh, then then they're hurting. But generally, the reason there's this rush. Look at the Asian kids, Asian American mm-hmm. kids. They all want to go four year college and graduate degree. They work like crazy, these people, and they make it. And they make a ton of money because of it. Doctors, lawyers, whatever. But, but uh, I would argue it's would argue- not, it's not a myth. It's a statistical fact. They make more money the more they're educated.
2: But I, I think what I would argue is that you're right. There's no question that generally that's true, but it's the fields that these uh, folks, Asians and others go into that make the difference. It's the engineers, it's the STEM fields primarily that, that make that, make that statistic work. You know, uh, the, 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 the and yet We val- can't,
3: we can't fill all those jobs. I know, I know
2: it's true, but, but I'm thinking about the t- the average teaching salary in Columbia, Missouri, which requires a college degree in missouri is thirty four thousand dollars a year that's crazy it's crazy i mean it, it makes yeah, absolutely. absolutely no sense to me anyway I, I i agree with you i'm not saying it's total myth but i i think it's exaggerated and i think i, I think in order to be to take advantage of that uh uh you know that difference we're talking about you have to major in certain things you know business perhaps you know the 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 sciences the stem field you know if you major in uh i don't know uh Women's studies, for example, which is the thing that conservatives throw at people, who, you know, you're not going to make
3: money doing that unless you can you can parlay it to something else. Well, uh, the, the question was, and, and we got to go back to it. and I don't have the answer, but who who's going to pay for this stuff? You know, yeah. and if we're going to now Biden forgave those loans for the midterm elections. Yep, that's why he did it. He wants and they, it's not just to get the youth who owe the money to vote to get their parents' vote. That's what this is all about, and it will work in some uh, respect.
2: Bobby, you to, there? There
1: he
2: is.
3: Yes, okay, hello? Go
1: ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I wanted to get into the Ukraine-Russia war, and there's been some concern, Congressman, within the past month or so about a nuclear power plant being destroyed. What's your take well, on that? Uh,
3: well, it's not that it's destroyed or that it might be. The, the, you're right. The concern is that it will be damaged and there will be a radiation leak, and that will uh, possibly spread throughout all of Europe. Is that similar to Chernobyl? Well, Chernobyl, it had a meltdown, uh, not because of a war, it's because of incompetence. This is apparently a deliberate attempt by Putin who's losing badly in ukraine Uh, the latest reports are the ukraine military has launched a two-front war in the northeast and in the south the russians weren't expecting it they've lost 31 miles of territory in the last few days and heavy casualties that the russians have so putin who will do any war crime he can killing kids blowing up schools hospitals i mean it's unbelievable um May want to alter the equation and take this plant and blow it up and release the uh, radiation, which could go to Belarus, could go to Russia, could go over to other parts of Ukraine. Who knows? And we're desperately trying to stop it. Uh, We, being the international community and the Ukraine military, but who knows? Uh, Thanks
1: to the US, I understand they're giving Ukraine $750 million more.
3: For uh, no, two billion, two billion as of yesterday. Two billion, that two billion that uh Secretary of State Blinken went there today and yesterday. Yeah.
1: I'd like to and know, said
3: two billion more, but this I'd has like- already been voted on by Congress. So, yeah, we're just doling it out bit by bit, but it's already been approved.
1: I'd like to know where all this money is coming from. We're in debt so much money as it is. No,
3: we're not. That's no, not true. I mean, the deficit is way down the last two years, last year's. Uh, deficit dropped by 350 billion and this year it's projected to go by more than a trillion the tax revenues are way up in this country in the federal level and state level so look we're still in we still have a huge national debt but this is money voted on bob by both republicans and democrats in the house and senate and that's if we incur some debt for that, it's not that much money. We've spent and are spending 60, six zero, 60 billion on Ukraine, military to the Ukraine out of three and a half trillion dollar budget. It's it's not much. We we as a country still, I think, are under the belief that Putin has got to be stopped. Got you know, to be stopped. It's a it's top a priority. President. Top yeah. priority. Uh, By the way, I was so happy today when I heard, you know, about the Queen's funeral is going to be on Monday, the 19th of September. And already they've announced Putin will not be attending because I'm not sure if he came to that thing that he wouldn't be arrested and taken into custody and taken to The Hague for war crimes.
1: And he probably knows that.
3: Yeah, I would think he would be afraid of it. So he's not coming, thank God. We don't need to see the, that bastard at that funeral.
2: Speaking of Putin, do you think
3: pres, uh, former President Trump will go to that funeral? Well, it's a good question. i am wondered about these former presidents. And are they invited or do they ask to come? I don't really know. I don't think the British royal family wants Trump to come. But he was the president. If he asked to come, you know, would, would they accede to that. I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll know soon enough. I'm sure this will come up in the next few days. So The I mean, only the only president, back. I read to you, I the only back. American president, once he was out of office that the queen again visited with uh, was Obama. Hmm. That's the only one. So uh, that may tell us that she liked Obama. I don't know, but That's, I don't, I don't think. My guess is they'll try to finesse it and not have Trump. Who'll take attention away from the from the funeral if he comes?
2: Before we turn over the questions, Bob, I hope you will um, forgive me for this, but I I do think we need to talk about uh, the semi F word, if you will. And my question to you, Congressman, is: To what extent do you believe that President Biden's comment that uh, the hardcore Trump supporters are indeed semi-fascists? Do you agree with that statement? And was it wise to say it in in, in a campaign circumstance? Right. So
3: that that was a speech that uh, the White House planned on and gave a week ago last night uh, in Philadelphia, where he definitely specifically attacked MAGA Republicans versus other Republicans. And he repeatedly made it clear in the speech who he was talking about, that he wasn't talking about people like me who are still Republican, but I'm not a MAGA Trump Republican. I'm not. I don't believe in it. I don't like it. And I, what I predicted is coming true. They lose all the time. They lost the House. They lost the Senate. They lost the White House. And they're going to lose more. This MAGA thing ain't working other than amongst themselves. But in the country as a whole, it's unpopular. Uh, but it's popular on the right, of course. And I think uh, Biden, it was part of the election strategy for November. They're going after these MAGA guys. They're going to uh, isolate them, knowing that other than deeply red districts, MAGA will not win. And I mean, Bob, you're in Massachusetts. You have just had eight years of a governor who's not MAGA, He's a Republican in a Democratic state. Charlie Baker, not a Trumpy, not a Trumper, not a MAGA guy. He's a regular Republican. And he won two terms. He could have won again if he could have gotten nominated, but he didn't run again. They've now nominated a guy who's uh, all MAGA, who's got zero. You mean mean deal? Yeah. He was endorsed by Trump. Endorsed by Trump. And he he, he won the primary in part because he won Trump's endorsement and he's not going to win uh, in November. By a long shot. Right. And that that stuff doesn't sell. Now it sells in Texas or something, but it doesn't sell on the coast and it's not going to sell in a lot of parts of the Midwest either. So I think I think I think what Biden said was correct. I know it's strong language, but I mean the behavior of these MAGA Republicans. I'm talking about elected and supporters is outrageous behavior it's just outrageous and they've gotten to the point where they don't like the uh, outcome of an election they just deny that it happened
2: it, it, it is it is really bad baff- what but what baffles me even more is that even those republicans who aren't really maga you know I, i'm thinking of mitch mcconnell for example you know who he, he, you know from everything i've heard is not a it never has been a, a fan of, of, of former president trump um, it is still, you know, still wildly critical of Biden's comments. I mean, he, he you know, but Biden has done is given Republicans the chance to separate further from the MAGA crowd. And they seem to be, uh, uh, you know, getting closer together, if you will. And it, it just the whole thing sort of. Well, maybe it shouldn't puzzle me, but it it, it does to some degree.
3: Well, here's uh, the thing. No, no, here's the thing. See, the fact that McConnell didn't like Biden's comments. I read it. It means Biden's comments are working, Mm -hmm. that he sees they're working and that they are dividing Republicans. And that if the the polling shows there's 25 percent of Republicans who are like me, I'm a Republican. I don't want to vote Democrat, but I'll vote Democrat rather than vote MAGA. And and if that happens, if 25 percent of Republicans won't vote for the Republican MAGA nominee, They'll, they'll never win an election. You can't win that way. Only 25%? 25%. If you lose 25% of your party, you're losing. And it would happen the same way with the Democrats. That's why Reagan won so big. That's right. He got t- between 10 and 20% of Democrats voted for him in both elections. Now, they were conservative Democrats. And it's the world's changed since Reagan 40 years ago. A lot of those types of Democrats have become have re-registered as Republican. Right. but back then they were Southern Democrats and they didn't like Republicans, but they liked Reagan and they voted for him.
1: I will tell you what and, else helped Reagan
3: yeah. win was John Anderson. It helped, that, yeah, it helped. But but, but who did? It, how did it help? It took it actually sucked away, uh, highbrow Republicans who didn't like Reagan back then. I thought that would hurt Carter more. No, nah, no, nah, the, the people who and Anderson didn't do well in the end. He, he got nothing. Reagan blew the doors in on Jimmy Carter. And um, in 80 and 84, uh, Reagan never should have won that
2: landslide. You know, I mean, because the economy wasn't doing spectacularly well. It's beginning to come, it was beginning to come back, but it wasn't, you know, doing really, really well. But I but I think the reason he did was just what you're talking about, Congressman. A lot of conservative democrats liked what Reagan liked Reagan's tone. Like Re- Reagan's muscularity, if you will, liked the things he was saying, liked his his uh, evil empire comment about the Soviet Union, you know, all those things, you know, I think really made a difference because the economy was- But I look back
3: on, when I look back on, on what was going on, when Reagan won and then got reelected. Now, by the way, by 84, I think the economy was doing great. I think we were out of the recession, recession. inflation, all the misery index numbers were over. The high interest rates, uh, high unemployment, way, things were way better after four years of Reagan. And he won states that you can't believe a Republican yep. can win. He won Massachusetts. He yep, won he New did. York twice. Yep, he did. Uh, I think the only state, I think Mondale did win Minnesota, but he, put, he puts Geraldine Ferraro on his ticket, That's a wonderful. congresswoman from Queens, a district next to mine. Reagan won her district with her on the ticket. They still went out and voted for Reagan in that district. Yep. So, you know, he, that was that's the way to that's the way to win. And yep. he would if he was around today Reagan and he watched this Trump thing, he would just go bananas over Trump and what an idiot he is and okay. how stupid everything Trump does is so dumb. Politically, it's dumb and it just plays to the same voters that already love them, which is great. The art of politics is addition, adding more voters, and Trump subtracts voters, he doesn't add. Well, uh, uh, Professor, I mean, Professor,
2: Congressman, what this (laughs) you you, you and I both were New Yorkers. I mean, I moved out to Missouri, but you and I, uh, you know, we're New Yorkers, and people in New York back in the 80s and the
3: 90s and the early 2000s. Oh. And conservatives thought Trump was a joke. It's a joke. It was yeah. a joke. And, bi- and by the way, the business community knew he was a joke.
2: Abs- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and then for for them to turn around and, and worship, lionize Trump is is just one of the weirdest things of my of my political life. You know, how these people, conservative <laughs> Christians, and all these people, all of us, turn around and say Trump is awesome. You know, it, well, I'll it, give you if you, if you want
3: to if you want to spend a minute, I'll give you my theory about why we've gotten to this point. Because it's not Trump's fault that people like him. I mean, no, it, it's the fault of decades of the Republican establishment ruining uh, the country, not the Democrats. The Republicans, and we go back. We go back. Obviously, Nixon. And Vietnam and the division we talked I talked about a minute ago between those who went to community um, college and those who didn't was an incredible uh dividing point in America the ones who didn't go to college uh, are white working class people today or their these are their sons and daughters mm-hmm. and they have a built-in resentment that's why you see them they don't like experts they don't like science they don't like they don't buy the global warming issue. They've got this built in thing against the educational establishment. And after we got, I'll accelerate it. When you get to George W. Bush and he promises the country there's WMD in Iraq and we've got to go to war and we go to war after after the trauma of nine eleven which wasn't Iraq, it was Afghanistan, but suddenly we're told we have to go over. Saudi
2: Arabia, for heaven's sakes. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. It is Saudi Arabia
3: Arabia flying the the planes and funding the thing, but Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11. But suddenly all the venom and vengeance that we feel as a country after 9-11 were channeling over against Saddam Hussein. Okay, we go into Iraq, we kill 100,000 Iraqis, 5,000 Americans killed, I think, or whatever, and many thousands terribly wounded. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, no WMDs ever found. It was a complete yep. fraud. The result of that was by 2016, you have another, a third Bush running for president, and you have Donald, Donald Trump, lifetime Democrat, running as a Republican, blows the doors off of Jeb Bush blows the doors off the Bush establishment because the voters had had it with these people and said they lie all the time. They lied about the war. They lied about taxes. They lie. They lie. They lie. And Donald Trump said it better than anybody. And and yet the irony is he's the biggest liar of them all. (laughs) And (laughs) so they've they've gone from that to this. And the Republican Party is basically a dead entity. It's dead.
1: You're listening to In Perspective. My name is Bob Branco. Our co-host, of course, is Peter Rauchel, and our featured guest is former New York Congressman John Laboutelier. It's time to invite our participants to ask questions of our guest. So let me turn the festivities briefly over to Ray to find out if anybody's got their hands raised. Jean Mann, you're up first.
2: Jean, hey, welcome.
0: Gene. Hey, everybody. Hey, I'm, Gene. In, yes. I'm in a good mood today because my bills played so well last night.
2: It's a good reason. Yeah. Join us, on, join us on Monday. We'll talk
0: yes. about it. Anyway, okay. Go ahead. Um, anyway, I, I don't have questions, but the more I hear you guys, the more comments I want to make. Um, first, regarding the queen, I think one of the reasons that we feel so strongly about her death is because she's another person from that, what they call the greatest generation. You know, our parents' generation. Yep. yep. And, and 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 there's very few people left from that generation. And, and so I, for me, that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind, you know, another one, because they're just a different kind of people. Um, Trump, I've decided that he has never not gotten what he wanted because he's always been able to bully people into giving him what he wants. And it didn't happen this time. And as long as he's getting all the attention he's getting, that's what he wants, I don't know that he even cares whether he gets to be president again. He just likes all this attention. And sometimes I wish the media would just totally ignore him, which isn't going to happen. But I wish they would, because the more attention he gets, the better he likes it. That's just my thoughts. About yeah,
3: I think you're a thousand percent correct. I think all of it's true. I think all of it is true. And yep. he's, a, he's a malignant narcissist, so he has to have the attention. Yep. And any attention he can get, he wants it, and even when it's bad, he wants yep. it. And uh, what we're going to witness here pretty soon is the end of this narcissist. Uh, I don't know how it's going to end, but it is not going to be pretty, and he's going to take people down with him. Yep. And I think we're within six months of at least one indictment of Donald Trump, either Georgia Mar-a-Lago documents case, uh, the insurrection. The new grand jury that we just learned about on him scamming money out of people and and trouble up here in New York, too, with his business stuff. This thing is coming apart for Trump. You can see it. You can feel it happening. And the Republican Party's not dumb. These other guys who want to run for president, they know it and are waiting for the implosion of Donald Trump. And then they're all going to run for president. But they Mm -hmm. won't run. Now, none of them will run against him. None of the MAGA type people. They won't run and incur his wrath because he does have a lot of supporters. You know, I don't
0: know why, but he does.
3: I, I really well, well I tried to explain why, because they've reached the end of the road with anybody else. They they, they don't want to have a, an establishment Republican. They think the establishment Republicans are lying bastards. So they've given up on that. Uh, you know, and the, if Trump doesn't run, the MAGA world will still exist, but it won't be unified. You know, yeah. they're unified behind Trump. You take Trump off the top of it, and they're split. Some will go with DeSantis. Some will go with Abbott. Some will go with Christy Nome from South Dakota. Oh, and God, and yeah, I better,
4: really but
3: <laughs> but their power as a is in numbers. If they divide it up among four or five candidates, then you could have. Somewhat of an old fashioned Republican could theoretically come back and win this thing.
2: What about think Ted
3: Cruz? Th- think about Liz Cheney, by the way. Remember Liz Cheney recently? Yeah.
2: She's she's yep. a perfect example of what you're talking about, Congressman. She yep. got killed, yep. in yep. killed in Wyoming, killed yep. um, in Wyoming. A, in a Republican primary. Exactly. Yep. In a Republican yep. primary. I mean, right. it, it really is an extraordinary thing. Uh, one like of the, it, I read Reggie. a quote
0: somewhere, and I think it was a farmer. And when Trump ran in 2016, they said, we know he's lying, but he's telling us different things than the rest of them are.
3: Uh, There you go. There you go. Bob asked, Bob asked about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is another one of the ones waiting. He even said it today that everybody's waiting to see what happens with Trump. And then depending on what happens with Trump, they'll all jump in. I'll give you what I can see happening too. He's going to get indicted in Georgia. And that may come before the feds do it. I don't know. But that, prosecutor down there has made it quite clear she's moving fast. wouldn't surprise me after the midterms n- November, December, January, she may do it and it may and, and many people are going to get wrapped up in that. Uh, Giuliani, maybe Mark Meadows, the fake electors they may be a racketeering case where they're all in a conspiracy. I don't know, but the day Trump is indicted will be a huge day. it's a historic day. Mm-hmm. And all these candidates, Ted Cruz and DeSantis and all. They're they I, I can write the script right now. They're all going to go on TV and oh, I'm so sad for the president. This is such an abuse of the legal system. It's so sad for him and his family. But he needs now to go and work on this and cope with this and let us Work on the Republican nomination for 2024. In other words, they're going to shed crocodile tears, try to get him out of this thing, and then they'll run, and and they'll all do it. And they can't wait for it to happen. They're all rooting for Trump to get indicted. All of them.
0: Now, who do you think is going to run on the Democratic ticket?
3: Which they that, know oh, that's, that's, that's not even an issue. It's Biden and Harris are easily. Uh-huh. The nominees and uh uh, quite heavily favored to get reelected, by the way, with the Republicans in the disarray they're in today. Hmm.
2: So, if they're they're in, I I want to follow up with that a little bit because there's a lot of talk on the Democratic side, the Democrat side of uh, Biden not running, that he's more of a hindrance than a help. You clearly don't agree. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit? I I
3: didn't say what I thought, I said, What's going to happen. Right. He, he is going to run barring a you know, terrible health problem. He will definitely run and he will definitely be renominated because who could possibly beat him? Nobody, well, no, nobody, in the, in nobody. nobody. No, and first of all, to win a Democratic nomination, there's one group of voters you must have. And that's African-American Democratic voters. He's got them. Especially. African-American mm. women, especially, yeah. yeah. He's got he hasn't
0: as many as he thought because there's some that don't think he's done enough for them.
3: They're, They're not right. going to vote. They'll vote for him in a primary. He is the only choice they've got. He's put one African-American justice on the Supreme Court. He's Absolutely. made another one the Vice President of the United States. Uh, anything he hasn't done isn't because he didn't want to do it. It's because Joe Manchin didn't want him to do it, and the Republicans didn't want him to do it. But Joe Biden could get renominated in his sleep for president. Now, can he win a general election again? And the answer is, if it's Trump he's running in, he'll easily beat Trump. The only way he doesn't beat Trump is if they put, if the in this November in the midterms, some of these crooked Republican MAGA people get a hold of the Secretary of State offices and screw around with the voting in 2024. Like they tried to do a year and a half ago, and they're clearly planning on. That's so scary,
5: Pat. Let's. How are you, Pat? Thank (laughs) you, Congressman. Well, when you talk about that, in my eyes, um, I kind of want to say something about what's been going on with the when you talk about money. What is going on with these people that are taking the money from these schools, closing down schools, especially out here in Oregon, we have lost a lot of our schools. And and that has to do with finances. They claim that it's financially, they can't do it because of what the state is giving them. And I don't, to me, as a taxpayer, I really think that the state, you know, wherever we're at, we need to be supporting our schools. And that's not where these this money's going for. And I don't see, you know, I don't see the state going and saying, okay, where why aren't you putting the money into these schools? You're closing these schools, but yet you're asking us for more
3: money. Well, well I mean, don't know. No I don't know. All I know about Oregon is um, the Republican You know what party. I'm saying? It's almost, yeah, I do know. And I. it could be that when you have a one-party political system, which you basically have out there, right. things like this go on, and they're not under any political pressure from The fear of losing elections to make them behave properly. And I I have a feeling that's what's happened there.
2: And just just to balance the score, here here in Missouri, uh, I mentioned before, the the, the average teacher salary for first year is $34,000. And more and more school districts are switching to four-day weeks because they can't afford five-day weeks because the money isn't there. It's amazing. It, and, yeah, it uh, is. I'm not,
5: uh, another quick question, there. Hey, we have
2: four
1: minutes and two other listeners. Yeah, I, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry, Pat. I, I, we, let's, let's, let's get. Okay, to I'll one. catch it on the next. I'll catch yeah, it put, on the next. Okay, yeah, next, up next up is phone trail.
0: number. Uh, yes. Phone number ending eight oh nine. You are up next. Sorry.
4: Eight oh nine. Hi, it's Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Quick question. I missed the first couple of minutes. Can you tell me, are you a Republican or a Democrat, Congressman?
3: I am a lifelong Republican. I'm a Reagan Republican, not a Trump Republican.
4: (laughs) Yes, that's clear. Um, Let me just make a couple of quick comments. First of all, I'm absolutely stunned by how much you are bashing your own party in this call. Second of all, with all due respect, I would like to correct a statement that you made that I feel is incorrect. Roe v. Wade was not overturned. It was taken and changed from being in the hands of the federal government and given back to a right for each state. And I feel like when you make comments that are incorrect like that, it only stirs the pot and makes well, people I, angry. Uh, let uh, me okay. finish, please. Okay. And, and makes people angry.
3: Makes you angry? I can tell that. That's for sure.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well,
3: it makes well, others
4: angry that you're stirring the pot and it's incorrect information, and people are then are making decisions based on false statements.
3: Well, it's not nothing. No, it's not false. The Supreme Court. Oh, ab-
4: the Supreme Court you, turned it back over hey, to the hey, state. Hey,
3: hey, hey! I stayed hey. quiet for you. Zip it. Okay, I'm gonna counter what you just said. They did overrule Roe v. Wade. They abrogated that decision. By the way, I think their argument was correct, which was right. That a thing like abortion should be decided by elected officials, not appointed judges, which is what happened in 1973. So we're going to abrogate. We're going to end the rights granted under Roe v. Wade by uh, the Supreme Court. And we're going to turn it back to the elected legislatures of both the states and the federal government. And they can decide it. And they're going to decide it. It's beginning in this midterm. They already decided it in Kansas in July. And this is going to be, that's why it's becoming a big political issue. And that is accurate, what I just said, despite your anger. And I'm sorry if you don't like it. And I'm not speaking against my party. I'm speaking against a faction of my party that I don't agree with, and it's my right to disagree with them. And you make it sound like it's a sin to disagree with MAGA Republicans. It's not a sin; it's an opinion. And, and, and what yeah. I would,
4: correct? And, and, Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Thank we you. have
1: two minutes.
2: Okay, uh, thank so, you. Back, come, come um, back, and come back next time. Uh, sorry. Ray. Uh, next person up is
0: someone known as Zoom user.
2: Zoom, Zoom user. user? Is that like Moon Unit Zappa or something? Uh, <laughs> Zoom, Zoom? <laughs> no, funny, I'm man. not sure. Um, no, do we know who Zoom, uh, you know, Zoom user, you're welcome to get on the, the show.
0: Oh, hi, right. Sorry about that. I didn't Got know. One minute, madam
2: It's one time. minute.
0: Okay. okay I'm going to make this quick. I believe that not wanting to be told what to do is not a real good trait. It's grounds for bullying and narcissism. And some examples are MAGA Trump being a CEO with that characteristic will probably get your team to leave. People with serious conditions during the height of the pandemic wanted to move from and did move from state to state, wanting the most stringent mask mandates. And they that was not did not go well for them. And I would also say, read the book called Make Them Go Away. It was talking about the extreme rights ideas against the ADA. So if you could just make a comment on your comments about people not wanting to be told what to do, and thank you Ten very much.
3: seconds. Ten, five seconds. Well, I already said it. I mean, I, I I think it's a trait in America that we don't like being told what to do.
1: Okay. We are out of time, unfortunately. This is getting to be a very fascinating talk. We'll do it again very, very soon, Congressman. We appreciate you, and we're glad that you take the time to come on In Perspectives. We'll have you back again real soon.
3: Bob and, and Peter, thanks for having me, and have a great, a, great, great you fall. I'll, t- I'll talk to you soon.
1: All
5: right. Thank you. Thank, thank also, you, guys. It was a very good, good meeting, guys.
1: Thank you. Next week, we're going to have Reverend Michael Garrett. He's going to be discussing a subject that we didn't have time to talk about today, critical race theory. But it'll be interesting to find out what he has to say. Peter and our participants and Ray, as well as the congressman, thank you again for a great show. See you next week. Go safe with God's abundant blessings.